1: Time to lean into what markets are talking about this Friday morning. Asia-Pacific shares are trading mixed this morning. The bulls are out in Seoul, which is up 1% in early trade. Sydney is in the green as well, but investor sentiment not so strong in Tokyo, where the Nikkei is trading down about 0.2%. So what's driving markets today? Let's find out with Ryan Huang. How are you, Ryan? Happy Friday, Michelle. Yes, you look very happy. Indeed. Uh, everyone's happy. <laughs> I like to joke that this is the day that Ryan has the biggest smile of the week, you know, a late stumble on Wall Street overnight kept the S&P 500 from closing at a new record high for the third straight session. The index finished marginally lower after Pfizer announced it is facing supply chain hurdles. We were all wondering about that with the super low freezing, uh, you know, temperatures required for its transportation minus 70 degrees Celsius. And Pfizer is saying it will not be able to ship as many vaccine doses as it had hoped. So Ryan, tell us more. What's to hold up
0: That's right. So a bit of a stumble. We had the support coming through from the initial jobless claims numbers first, and that was better than expected. Then you had the news from Pfizer, which prompted a bit of a late-session sell-off. And that news is around the, um, I guess, the raw materials that it has been trying to use for its initial production did not meet its standards. So that means it can't deliver as promised. And instead of 100 million doses, it will be reduced by half to 50 million doses. So that is just a reflection of the supply chain issues. And I think it's quite important to keep this into context. How There could be so many problems down the road as well, not just with raw materials. You're also looking at trucking it around the country, storing it. Will we run out of freezers? Do we have enough trucks? Can we get it to enough people in the time required and will people actually want the vaccine in the first place? So that is all part of the moving parts equation to watch out for.
1: And any hiccup in the line can delay the onset of the global economic recovery. Keep that in context. Pfizer shares closed down a bit shy of 1.7% and are trending a bit lower still in after-hours trade. So Ryan, I understand Dr Anthony Fauci, the US government's top infectious disease specialist, is slamming UK regulators for approving the pfizer BioNTech vaccine before the US. So what is Fauci's cause for concern?
0: Uh, That's right. So Anthony Fauci pretty much was slamming the UK for just rushing into the COVID-19 vaccine approval. And just to recap, this took just apparently 10 days of Mm. studying the data. And he said the US would not be taking such a short time to do a approval process and this did not go down well of course with the UK authorities and the regulators and this apparently prompted fauci later to kind of backtrack on his comments to say that hey this is something that UK does and they have their own way of doing things and I think uh, this is I guess a bit of politics coming back into play that you no know, Different regulators have a different way of doing things and he kind of admitted as well, he does not have a full understanding of how the UK medical authorities um, take their process into consideration. So this is something uh, that he's now saying, no, it could be okay if the UK authorities think it's okay.
1: Yeah, Fauci actually uh, saying the UK ran around the corner of the marathon, joined it in the last mile. The UK countering saying that a rolling review is what it used to act quickly to approve the vaccine, where if there's a promising vaccine in a situation where time is of the essence, then, um, you know, a rolling review can help push it out in the shortest time possible. But it doesn't mean that corners have been cut. But if you think about a rolling review, what happens to the risk to people in the meantime while things are rolling? So, yeah, it sounds like a lot of politicking. Let's turn to commodity markets where OPEC Plus has reached an agreement to gradually increase oil production. Now, Earlier this week, we discussed dissension among the cartel members and reports that Saudi Arabia might resign from its role as chair of a key committee. So did it turn out that that was just a bargaining ploy, Ryan?
0: That could have been the case. And the backdrop to this, of course, is the production cuts will expire in January. So what's next, right? So this meeting was supposed to figure out the Path in 2021, and you mentioned a bit of dissension in the week. You know, this was actually a big issue because going into the meeting, we couldn't even get a consensus. During the meeting, they couldn't get a consensus, and there seemed to be some tensions fraying because um, the OPEC Plus meeting that was supposed to be chaired by Russia and Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia didn't turn up, and this kind of looked a bit strange uh, when the. Um Cartel's biggest oil producer did not show up, right? So it just kind of signal that something was kind of fraying. And like you mentioned, is this a bargaining chip? So end of the day, they managed to reach a compromise. And this is in the form of a gradual easing of the output cuts starting from January to the tune of 500,000 barrels a day. So this is also alongside a monthly review. So it kind of shortens the time frame that OPEC Plus typically meets up. So it is giving itself more room to be more nimble to react to the unfolding situation uh, come next year. So a bit of a last-minute save, I guess, for OPEC Plus to prevent a huge breakdown.
1: So oil prices hit a nine-month high on news of the agreement. Brent crude trading close to 49 US dollars a barrel. All right, let's switch gears completely. Ryan, when was the last time you headed to the cinema?
0: (laughs) Well, I have to really think about this one. I've been watching more Netflix.
1: (laughs) I can safely say at least... 11 months. So box office receipts are just a small fraction of what they normally are. The latest stats that I saw show ticket sales are down about 80% and an announcement from Warner Brothers is not likely to keep things moving forward. So Ryan, clue us in on the latest from the world of film.
0: Yeah, so this is you know, really sending some short waves through the cinema industry because at and Warner Brothers is saying they will be releasing all their firm, films in 2021 mm. at the same time when they hit cinemas. So you can stream it at the same time. You can also watch it. So they are saying this is going to reflect the new reality of 2021, that cinemas are unlikely to operate at full capacity, if at all. So they are saying, you know, we need to kind of uh, embrace the new reality and just um, work in a new normal. And all the films we are talking about Titles like Mortal Kombat, Godzilla vs. Kong, Tom and Jerry, Space Jam, the uh, hotly anticipated sequel. All these films, including Matrix 4, will be streamed. So this is going to be a huge dent for cinema operators. So I think um, this also is part of the pivot or the focus on streaming services for Warner Brothers as well for HBO Max.
1: Mm, the announcement follows Warner Brothers' decision to place Wonder Woman 1984 on HBO Max in December at the same time as its theatre runs. So one analyst put it this way, if that pivot sent shockwaves through the industry, this latest announcement is rattling Hollywood to the core. All right, here at home, Credit Bureau Asia listed on the Singapore Exchange yesterday. It became the second non-REIT to do so this year. As I look at the numbers, Ryan, it appears that the company's shares had a bit of a wild ride. Investors who got a piece of the oversubscribed IPO before it went public made a good profit. But those who bought in yesterday got burned, at least on the first day, right? Mm,
0: so good news if you bought it on IPO. Price of 93 cents and that is because the closing price um, was actually... $1.07. So that is a bit of a 20% upside. But if you bought it at the opening minutes, uh, that would have been opened at $1.15. So it would have gone down to $1.07 at the end of the day. So maybe you would have to hold on longer. So let's take a look at what sh- um, the share price is for Credit Bureau Asia at the opening minutes of the STI. And we are looking at it continuing to extend gains from yesterday from one oh seven. So it is marginally higher than yesterday. So maybe there's still some way to go for the rest of the day. Uh, We'll keep a lookout for that one.
1: Mm -hmm, Absolutely. Let's check in on other local stocks now. We are 14 minutes into the local trading day here on Your Money with me, Michelle Martin. Yesterday, the Straits Times index rose 0.4% at 28.22. For the week, though, the blue chip index is trending lower. So Ryan, what does the picture look like this morning?
0: Yeah, so it's... It did rebound yesterday by 0.4%. So looking at the opening numbers, it is looking like it will build on the, the gains from yesterday. It's up by 0.3% to 2,830 points. And if you look at some of the top counters, yesterday we had the transport-related counters like SIA and Comfort Delgo doing well. Mm-hmm. And that was on the back of news of reports that Grab could merge with rival goljack so that kind of indicates we might see the sector becoming less competitive which is good news for the likes of comfort DelGro. and look at how comfort DelGro is doing this morning uh, will it continue to rise it is extending yesterday's gains of 0.6% is now higher by 0.6%, $1.64, so up by 1 cent. Of course, you will be uh, watching out for what's happening with the ESR REIT and Sabana REIT merger. Will they pass the vote to merge?
1: We'll know by this afternoon. We'll keep you posted. Stay with us here on Money FM 89.3.
0: Before acting on the information on Money FM